I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. And it is a light unto our path. And Father, I pray today that you will expand our hearts, clear our thinking, and help us to absorb what the Spirit of God wants to say to us. And I thank you, Father, that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to happen in our lives as a result of hearing the Word. And as we leave this place and begin to practice the principles that we hear, that, Father, our lives, our families, our lifestyles, and even our occupations, Father, will just floor people. And they will wonder, how in the world are you living this good in this economy? And we'll be able to say, it's because of my faith. And we thank you now for just using me as a vessel. I decrease now so the anointing of God can rise up and feed every person in this room spiritually. I thank you for clarity of speech and thought and mind. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Those of you who are members already know, but those of you who are visiting, I'm using the month of July to freelance all of my messages because I normally speak in series. So each uh, message, for the most part, have been independent messages. This one just happens to tie into last week because I didn't really get to finish. And uh, this is a topic that I believe is very important. And so last week we talked about having a faith checkup. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, when was the last time you got a checkup? Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, that ain't your business. Sometimes we can think we're walking by faith and we're not. And so today I'm going to try to complete the topic of a faith checkup. But I want to subtopic today's message. And so as a subtopic, I want you to write down faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. And I want you to go back to 1 John chapter 5. Go back to 1 John chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 4. And then I'm going to want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. That was 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And then I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6. God has designed our faith to help us overcome any situation that we may face. You don't need mama. You don't need grandmama. All you need is faith in God. 
Let me say this to you. The Bible says that the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord and he will turn it any way he will. Even if your boss don't like you, God's hand on him will make you make him bless you. First John chapter five. Look in verse four. Are you there? Say I am there. I love this. It says for whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Read it with me. Even our faith. So our faith is designed to overcome any situation we are in, which says to me that if I'm in a situation, God knows I have the faith to overcome it. And that's a mentality that we have to grab because if not, we'll walk into situations or situations will happen to us and we will feel like we're being overcome when we're really overcomers. God has given us uh, our faith in order for him to do three things. I told you this last week. I'm just going to repeat that. Number one, so he can do something in us. Number two, so he can do something through us. And then number three, so he can do something for us. Now, I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Just go backwards. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Because God also gave us faith so that we could please him. See, many people feel that pleasing God Is about how they act. But see. If that's all that pleased God. We wouldn't need faith. All we would need is works. But the Bible says. We're not saved by works. We're saved by faith. Or grace through faith. Not of works lest any man should boast. Listen. There's not enough works you can do here in America. To be righteous before God. The only thing that makes you righteous is the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. So now since I'm in a righteous position, I can now function with the faith that God's given me. Watch this. And my faith will help me do right. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, look in verse 6. It says, but without faith, it's impossible. Say impossible. It's impossible to please him or God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans 8 because let me show you something. A lot of times we try to please God with uh, our feelings or our flesh. We try to work to please God. But you you don't please God by works. You please God by faith. And your faith helps you do works. Look in Romans chapter 8. Look in verse 8. Well, let's start in verse 7. Let's start in verse 6. Praise the Lord. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind or the natural mind is an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's why you have to renew your mind as a believer. Because your carnal mind will always, always, everybody say always. Always. It will always be an unwilling participant in anything that pertains to God. But it goes on to say, so then they, I'm in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot what? Please God. So watch this. When we're walking in the flesh, 
We can't please God. But when we're walking in faith, we please God. And I'm telling you to say this. You cannot walk according to your feelings because your feelings are tied to your flesh. There are times that I've watched God move mightily in my life and I didn't feel a thing. Because your feelings have nothing to do with it. It's your faith. And so we learned last week, in, uh, according to Romans 12, 3, that God has given to every believer the same amount of faith. But it's up to us on how we use it and how we manage it. Now, when faith is first in your life, you start with God and you end with God. But when doubt is first in your life, you start with the facts and you end up with your feelings. I'm going to say that again. When you, when you walk by faith, faith starts with God and it ends with God. In other words, this is what God's word says and this is what I'm going to believe. But when you start out with doubt, you start out with the facts. This is what the doctor said. This is what the school said. This is what your job said. This is what the economy said. This is what the president said. But let me tell you something. What did God say? When you start with doubt first, then you're going to start with the facts and you're going to end with your feelings. I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14 through 18. You don't have to go there. But basically, they said, you know what? You can throw us in this fire. And even if God does not deliver us, we still are not going to bow down to you. In other words, they were saying, even if my electricity bill don't get paid, I'm still going to pay God. In other words, watch this now. They said we will burn up before we bow down. Now, let me give you real quickly, because I want to get into something else. I want to give you some faith blockers. Everybody say faith blockers. These are things that are designed to hinder your faith from working. Here's the first one. I'm, I'm going to go real quickly because I don't want to focus on this. But one of the things that hinder your faith from working is walking by sight instead of walking by faith. Just write down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So that means that... If I look at what's happening or what's before me, it's almost like Moses. Moses could have looked at the Red Sea and say, I don't know, oh, we all about to die today. You wrote your funeral yet? Hey, have you wrote your obituary yet? Hey, we about to die. No, the, the, he knew that God would deliver them. So sometimes we walk by faith. That's what happened to Peter right there in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. Because that's when Peter was walking on the water. The Bible says, he said to Jesus, if that be you, bid me to come out on the water. And so the Bible says, Jesus said, come. Watch this now. Because you can't have faith on, on what God has not said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word. So once the word has been spoken, you can have faith in it. That's what faith, uh, Peter had. Peter had faith in the word come. So he started coming. And the Bible says he walked on the water. But then he started looking around him. Man, these waves are big out here. 
This wind is blowing real hard. Well, even if the wind or the waves weren't there, you still can't walk on water. God, uh, come on now. You mean to tell me if the wind was not blowing and the waves were not, you know, waving, he'd have still been able to walk on water? Not at all. But he allowed his eyes to become focused on what was around him instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus. And that's why you got to keep the word before you. You got to feed your eyes with the word. You got to fill your ears with the word. And you got to, comp- listen, you got to brainwash yourself with the word. I know back in the day they said, boy, you don't want to read too much of the Bible. You'll go crazy. How many heard that before? Yeah. I mean, that's that old school stuff there. See, because what they used to do is judge people who, who used to go to church a lot and who used to act crazy. But they were crazy before they got to the church, though. <laughs> so one of them is walking by sight. Number two, lack of patience. Stay in he- Go to Hebrews chapter uh, 6. Go to Hebrews 6. See, to bake a cake, it takes certain ingredients. Say ingredients. And you can bake one and not put all the ingredients in it, but it's not guaranteed to come out with how it looks on the box or maybe how it's supposed to taste. It may look, have you ever seen something that looked good, but then you tasted it and it didn't taste good? Somebody messed up the ingredients. Well, there are some ingredients that faith have to work with or your faith is not going to work to its fullest. And one of them is patience in Hebrews chapter six, verse 12. Are you there? Say, I'm there. If not, just check the screen out. It says that you be not slowful. Don't be lazy. But follow followers of those who through what class? Faith and what else? Patience. What else? Inherit the promise. In other words, he's saying, listen, you can have faith, but if you're going to have complete faith, you got to have some patience because you got to wait on God To bring into your life what you believe in him for. And if you don't wait on God to do his part, you will do it in the flesh and you'll end up with an Ishmael. Abraham's first son was a son of the flesh. Just like some of us, we got kids that we really shouldn't have had. Now, since you got them, they're yours. You can't give them back. I bet if, you know what, I bet if they had some kind of uh, kid give back system, man, some of us would be childless. I mean, we'd have gave all our kids back. It doesn't work like that. So one of them is lack of, go to Hebrews chapter 10. Let me just give this one a given. Let me give this one. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Look in verse 36. Because see, some of you all are being impatient. You can't wait on God to do it. You're doing it yourself. And when you bless yourself, it becomes expensive. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and add no sorrow. Which means that if I bless myself, I'm going to end up being sorry for it. In Hebrews 10.36. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, for you have need of patience. Watch this. That after you have done the will of God, after you have done the word, after you have done your part... You might what? Receive the promise. It says, for yet a little while, and he, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just 
shall live by what? Faith. And if any man draws back from faith, God says, my soul will have no, no pleasure. Why? Because it takes faith to please God. Let me ask you a question. If he told us that we need to live by faith, that means faith must be available all the time for me to live by it. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many days, how many hours in a day? 24 hours. How many days in a day that you live when you're alive? That's not a trick question. In other words, if it's 24 hours in a day, how many of those hours are you alive if you're not dead? 24. Now, if he told me I needed to live by faith, God would never ask me to do something that I couldn't do. In fact, he would not even ask me to do something that I was not capable of doing. Nor would he ask me to do something that he has not equipped me to do. So if he said I must live by faith and he knows there are 24 hours in a day, that means that I must be able to live by faith 24 hours a day, which means that faith is always available for me to use. Amen. Everybody say lack of patience. Here's number three, unbelief. Ooh, that's a big one right there. Go to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark 11. I know you're turning this morning. You know what? I'm going I'm to just stuff the word in some of you all. I decided I'm going to stuff y'all. When y'all leave here, y'all going to be like a stuffed turkey. Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark 11. Unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. This is a big one. Mark 11. Look in verse 25. No, I'm sorry. Matthew 13. Go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13 and verse 58. Matthew 13 verses 58. Unbelief. See, this answers the question of when people say, well, if God is real, well, why don't he do this? Well, maybe that person ain't believing God for him to do it. In Matthew 13, 58, watch this now. It's talking about Jesus. And it says, and he did not many mighty works there because of what? Who's unbelief? You mean all this power Jesus had, he could not do nothing with it because those people didn't believe. Which mirrors the scripture that says all things are possible if you can believe it. See, never hate on somebody who's got more than what you got only because... They were able to believe. What you really need to do is say, how did you do that? Here's another one. Unforgiveness. I'm not going to get into this because this is not meant to be my meat. But listen, forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Because your faith will not work. If you go and read Mark 11, let me just go over there. Just do it. Just do it. Look at your neighbor and say, he's saying Nike, Nike, just do it. Just do it. Mark chapter 11. See, here's a big one. Many Christians, we don't forgive people because we think we're letting them off the hook. Not realizing is that our faith is just not working if we don't forgive somebody. It ain't got nothing to do with them. And let me say this to you. Once you learn that, there is nobody... Big enough to keep you from your faith working. 
See, I look at somebody and they do something to me. I say, no, I ain't going to let no fool keep my faith from working. Matthew, you say, well, who? He said fool. I ain't say no names now. Mark chapter 11, 25. Look at verse 25. And Jesus said, when you stand praying. Well, let's just look up. Look, look, notice the criteria he was talking about believing in verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive them, you should have them. And right after he said that, he said, and then when you're praying, forgive if you have all against any. So your father, which is in heaven, will forgive you of your trespasses, which tells me that walking in unforgiveness keeps my faith from working. Number six, carnal thinking. And then number seven is fear. I ain't going through that because that wasn't my lesson. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Here it is. This is what I'm focusing on this morning. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. In order for your faith to work effectively, you must do three things. I'm going to make it real simple this morning. And I'm telling you stuff that I do. I'm telling you stuff that I have done. I'm telling you things that sometimes you need somebody in the flesh to see that God's word works. Here's what I tell people. You know, I say, well, how many believe that, that God really saved you? Let me ask y'all. How many believe when you ask Jesus to come into your life, God saved you? I mean, and how many know that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? Let me see. Yeah, yeah, I mean. And then I ask them, well, can you trust him with your money? They don't raise their hand on that one. So you mean you're going to trust him with your life, but not with your money? Man, that's like. That's like trusting a crack addict with a bag of crack. You ain't gonna hell no when you come back. <laughs> that was a bad example, wasn't it? <laughs> you got it though, didn't you? In order for your faith to work effectively, you must do three things. I'm gonna tell you what they are. You must have works. That's number one. You must not waver in what you're believing. That's number two. And then number three, you must speak some words. I'm going to say it again. You must have some works because faith without works is what? Dead. You must not waver in what you are believing. And I'll explain that. And you must speak some words. The Bible in at least three places tells us that faith without works is dead. One of them is James chapter 2 verse 26. It says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So you can have faith, but if you're not doing nothing, you're having faith without works. However, watch this now. If that's true, then you can have works in place. But not have faith being active. Okay, if faith without works is dead, then works without faith can be dead. Which means that you can be working, but not necessarily having faith. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't know what you say. Okay. It's just like you possessing a car, but not having any gas to get to your destination. You got a car. Can you get to work every day? Do you have a car? Yeah, I have a car. But if they don't ask you that additional question, do you have some gas? Because, see, having the car can be your works. But the gas to get you there is your faith. So, number one, you got to have some works with your faith. Number two, you cannot waver. I want you to go to, uh, go to James chapter 1 as we wrap up here. James chapter 1. 
you gotta, you can't waver. You can't waver. And, wa- and I'm going to show you what wavering mean, means in just a second. I'm going to give you a personal example too. James chapter 1. It's right after the book of Hebrews, James 1. And I'm going to start in verse 5. It says, if any, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, now, let's replace wisdom with anything. If any of you lack money. If any of you lack a job. If any of you lack a spouse. If any of you lack peace. Let's, watch what it says. Let him ask, who? God, that gives to all men freely and upbraided not, and it shall be what? Given to him. Look in verse 6. But let him ask how, class? In faith, nothing what? Wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed, For let not that man, what man, that wavering man, let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. And some people wonder why they didn't get what they asked God for. You know why? Because you were wavering to and fro. One minute you believe God's going to do it, the next minute the circumstances are talking to you. The Bible says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. The word stagger in the Greek is the same word here, wavering. So, Abraham, how many got some drunk relatives in your family? Let me see. How many are you that relative? Let me see. Got a couple of hands. How many been drunk before? Let me see your hand. How many drink right now? Let me see your hand. (laughs) Saw a couple of hands on that one, too. (laughs) I mean, when you drunk, I don't know if y'all been drunk before, but, you know, years ago, everybody say years ago. I don't want nobody to leave. Well, girl, my pastor still get drunk. No, I don't get drunk no more. He said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So I, I don't drink, you know. I drink Coke and water. That's, that's about it. And water is way down on the list. <laughs> but when you're drunk, you know, you... you You know, when the police ask you to walk that straight line because they think you're drinking... How many had that test before? Let me see your hand. <laughs> I just messed with you. If you can't walk a straight line, that's saying to them, you're staggering. Well, that's what people do when they're asking God for something. You can't stagger. Let me tell you. Okay, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. We'll close. Let me show you how you stagger. You stagger. With what you say. Sometimes we are not spiritually ready because our faith is not consistently steady. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes we're not spiritually ready because our faith is not consistently steady. See, you can know how steady your faith is by listening to yourself talk. Because see, faith has a voice. When God ready to, got ready to say something, first of all, God, he's a God of faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, which says that everything that, every word that God has said has faith built into it. So that means that every time God talks, faith is talking. So that means, my question to you is, what are you saying? Because faith has a voice. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 and we'll close right here. Because I am out of time. Oh my God. Is that clock fast? 
Can I just give y'all this one scripture, please? Hebrews chapter 11, look in verse 3. This is going to bless your socks off. And if you wear pantyhose, it'll bless them too. <laughs> that wasn't a good example either, was it? <laughs> I'm on a roll this morning, ain't I? Maybe I've been drinking. No, I'm just playing. I'm just messing with you. All right, watch this. Whenever you are standing in faith for something, what you are speaking will match what you are seeking. I'm going to say it again. Remember, I asked, how do you know if you're staggering? You know when you are staggering, when what you're saying doesn't match what you're seeking. Mark eleven twenty three. that's the verse. You can go back and look at it. But Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe it, you receive it, you shall have them. And, and before that verse, he says, you know, speak to the mountain and say it to be removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not die in your heart, but shall believe those things which you say shall come to pass. And you will have whatsoever you say. Yeah. Listen, I remember when my wife and I, we first got married. And we saw this car that we wanted. And uh, at the time, I worked as a car, car salesperson. So uh, I saw the car on the lot. I said, man, that's a good car for us right there. So I went home and I told my wife about it. So we went back up to the dealership because we didn't live far. And we went went and put our hands on the car. Because the Bible says whatever I lay my hands on becomes mine. And you can't be laying your hands on nobody else's husband or wife. That is mine in Jesus' name. That's not the will of God, okay? Laid our hands on the car. Then we saw a better car. So we went ahead and bought the better car, but we forgot to release the car that we put our hands on. Watch this. Somebody came and bought the car, but some fell through with their finance and they had to bring the car back. Watch this. Then somebody else bought the car, took it home over the weekend, drove it a couple, about three days, had to bring the car back. It didn't work out. And I said, Lord, why isn't this car selling? He said, you ain't released it yet. My faith had put my faith on that item and said, you mine. And until we let it go, that's when the car sold. Here's my question. How steady is your speech? What are you saying? Because you're going to have what you say and you can change your life with your lips. Did y'all get somebody to listen this morning? Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here today.